God is good. All the time. time. Let us pray. Gracious Holy God, you are the author of creation. You are the Lord of everyone. Lord, as we gather this morning, we come to praise you. We come to lift your name on high. We come to recognize your voice in our life, in our hearts, in our church, in our community. Lord, and to, to throw that praise on to you, to lift up your name on high. Lord, thank you for the opportunity of worship this morning, for the beautiful weekend and week that we've had. Lord, may you continue to move in our life and our hearts uh, through the music, uh, through your spoken word, through your holy word. So set me aside, Lord, that it's your voice that's heard this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, for the past many weeks, we have been talking about hearing God's voice and heeding God's voice. So this morning, I wanted to look more at God hearing our voice. I think God likes to hear our voice. And what is that like? Praise. Worship. There are many names by which we call lifting our voice to God, but this morning we focus on those of praise and worship. But you know the beauty is we don't have to be in church on Sunday morning to worship God. A lot like Mandy shared with you a week ago, Susan and I took her mom and the family and gathered for her 80th birthday on the beach. It was a wonderful week and it was on Friday, the last day of the week that we were gathered all together, that I went early to the beach that morning, took my chair, took my book, and began to read. It was quiet, it was still, there were no waves And the sun was hidden behind the clouds. Nobody else was on the beach. It was one of those perfect mornings together. So as I began to read, though, I could not focus on the book. My mind, my spirit just kept gazing out to the ocean. How far, how wide, how amazing, how awesome. And began to contemplate God's own presence of how far, how wide, how amazing, how awesome. And at that moment, the sun broke through some of the clouds and began to shine forth on me. It was a day, a moment, a time of worship. And all I could do was praise God. The beauty of that day is not only did it happen that morning, but it happened twice else that day, culminating in the evening with one of the most beautiful, gorgeous, orange, red, and pink sunsets you've ever seen. All I could do was sit in awe of who God was, basking in His glory, recognizing His holy presence, and feeling peace in my heart from it. When's the last time you basked in God's glory? When's the last time that you really became overwhelmed by God's presence surrounding you? God reaches us in many ways. God's presence tells us much about who He is. God's voice reminds us much about whose we are. Today's psalm, which is attributed to David, we consider God's voice perhaps in a way we haven't before. That you, that we together as a community, might experience God's awesome presence. So for our scripture this morning, we're going to do a little different. With our Psalter lesson, that if you've ever read the Psalter lessons in the hymnal, it's on page 761. And we'll be reading Psalm 29 together and responsively. 
So if you're willing, uh, grab your hymnals, look at page 761, and let us respond to the reading this morning of the Scripture. Online, join us in your Bibles as we share this this morning together. Please respond in bold. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord upon many waters. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The voice of the Lord makes the oaks to whirl and strips the forest bare and in excuse me all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as ruler forever. Respond in your bulletin. Glory be to the Father. Do you remember what that's called? The Gloria Patri. Feels good to sing that. It's been a while since we have sung that. And I remember growing up at First Methodist in Columbus that in our worship time together, we'd often have a Psalter lesson and we'd follow it by the Gloria Patri. Not only does it feel good, but it begins to once again center us, focus us on the praise and glory of God together. The Gloria Patri is a short hymn of doxology. It's an adaptation of the Jewish blessings that were addressed to God. It's sometimes referred as the minor or lesser doxology compared to the greater doxology that many sing when the offerings brought back to the altar. The New Testament has several references in Romans and Philippians and Revelations. The Gloria Patri is most properly used, though, after the reading of the Psalms, and that dates back to the 4th century. This glory is influenced by Matthew 28, 19. I don't expect you to remember Matthew 28, 19, but let me help you remember it. It's the last chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus has, we've experienced Jesus' resurrection, and then he commissions his disciples. And remember these words, what he says? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Look back in your worship, God, at the glory of poetry. Look at those words. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
we see this Trinitarian formula that is used. Why do we sing it? What's the glory of Pietra about? It's all about focusing us to bring glory to God. The Westminster Shorter Catechism, question one, if you remember that, asks, what is the chief end of humankind? But to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. To glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And how do we do that? By spending time hearing God's voice and heeding God's voice and lifting our own voices back to God. Two spiritual disciplines that I find helpful to do that are centering prayer and Lectio Divina. Now, I wish I could call them disciplines in my life. I'll practice them, and then I fade away. And then I won't practice for a while, and I practice, and then I fade away. I hope to make them more disciplines in my life, and I invite you to experience them too. There are wonderful experiences through the practice of them that help focus us, but calm us, connect us, and reveal God's presence and voice to us. Centering prayer is you choose a sacred word. And you focus on that word, just that one word or one small phrase that when your mind strays away, you, you focus on that. And to spend hopefully silently or alone or with the group, but you're still silent, for 15 or 20 minutes. And you sense this calming effect. And God's presence, sometimes even overwhelming way, begins to fall over us. It's a wonderful moment to release our mind and soul to the cares that can consume us. Lectio Divina is the other discipline. It's a Benedictine practice of scriptural reading, meditation, and prayer that's focused more on communion with God than intellectually learning the scriptures that are being shared with us. It's a time to experience the Word in a living way. Often in these quiet moments, as we center and focus and center ourselves, we begin to sense God's presence. Sometimes it can be overwhelming. Sometimes it can be calming. But I guess if we're honest, many times in our life there's chaos. And we sense and can sense God's presence in the midst of the chaos or the storm too. An interesting thing about the Friday that I mentioned to you on the beach was the three days preceding that, there were storms. Wonderful thunderstorms, but you couldn't go on the beach as much as you would like. So Friday was a welcoming time. Look at verse 3 of Psalm 29. If you have your Bibles open or devices, and let's look at these a little bit more. We see that the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. And then it's almost through these next couple of verses that we sense this poetic description of thunderstorms through verse 9. Thunderstorms. Should I bring that up in Memphis? <laughs> we seem to have had our share of thunderstorms, but thank goodness we don't have hurricanes. Now that Brooke is in New Orleans with school, though, I confess, I'm paying a lot more attention to hurricanes and where they are and where they're projected to go. When we were down on the beach, I remembered a hurricane that hit Mexico Beach. We were right next door to Port St. Joe Beach, if you know that area. And there was a hurricane that five years ago, Hurricane Michael, that hit Mexico, Mexico Beach. Do you remember that? It was actually five years ago yesterday that it hit. A Category 5 hurricane, $25 billion 
and damage, destroyed the whole beach. But what I also remember was this fascinating picture. Every house on Mexico Beach was destroyed except one. Do you remember that at all? There's one house that was standing, didn't look to be damaged. They had a tiny bit, but it was still usable at that time. Looking that up, that there was, the owners were from East Tennessee. They said they built it for the big one. They just completed it in April when the storm came in October. It was called Sandcastle. In constructing the home, the owners made every decision consciously of functionality and survival to withstand 250-mile-an-hour winds. And you know what? It did. It proved it. Experiencing God for us prepares us when the storms come, especially the big one. When the unexpected storms surge over us, we too can survive. It takes conscious thought and effort to connect our lives with God. In ancient, near in ancient times, Near East times, thunder was the loudest noise that people knew. And many people contribute this thunder to their gods, their little g gods. Zeus in Greek mythology, Baal for the Canaanites. The psalmist attributed thunder, though, to the one and only true God, creator of all. Look at the scripture, too, that you see this phrase, the voice of the Lord. In these 11 verses, it's used seven times. Seven, a lot of times, symbolizes that fullness or that completion. God's strength is all-powerful. His sovereignty is absolute. In other words, nothing controls God. And look at the personal name of God, Yahweh, or Lord, as it's translated many times. Eighteen times is it used in this psalm. There's no mistake of who the psalmist is attributing this sovereignty and this power to. The words glory and worship are used numerous times. The psalmist unequivocally displays and claims the glory and the power and the majesty of God. We concentrate on the grace and love of God. I preach about it a lot. And there are huge core attributes to who God is. But let us not also forget these very important attributes of majesty and glory. Psalm 29 does that for us today. Look a little more at the details. The first two verses of Psalm 29. The psalmist is offering an invitation. An invitation to praise God. Then RSV uses the word ascribe. Ascribe what to God? but the glory and strength. Verses 3 through 9 then begin to talk about that strength, as we mentioned, this poetic description of thunderstorms, all centering on the focus and the power of God. And verse 9 is a call. It's a call that I want us to focus on today. What's the call for? For glory. Glory. Verse 10, God is set apart and in his glory and now enthronement an appeal is made for God in verse 11 to offer his blessing and his strength to his people. Since the Old Testament times, the glory of God has been shown mainly in Christ and in and through Christ's church. Christ shared his divine glory with his followers so that their lives are being transformed so that our lives are being transformed 
into the image of God. There are many ways for us to hear God's voice. We've talked about it. We've shared examples. But let us remember that Jesus Christ is the very voice of God embodied or manifested. And the scriptures give us much testimony to this. The 29th Psalm moves from proclaiming God's glory in verse 9 to assurance in verse 10 to peace on earth in verse 11. In the birth of Jesus, I know it's October, it's not December yet, but in the birth of Jesus, God's reign is made clear. At his baptism, the voice from heaven claims Jesus is my beloved son, the one who would carry out in his life the good news of the kingdom, and the one who through his life, death, and resurrection becomes the ultimate embody of God's power and glory. So in this world that we live in, of technological advancement, scientific discovery, advanced building techniques, we tend to believe on one hand that if we build it strong enough, if we make it, anything is possible for our efforts to ensure our security. But Psalm 29 begins to change our perspective. It brings life and eternity into perspective. We have access to God's voice, but just because we have access doesn't make us like God. We are not in control. There are limits. The universe is His and under God's reign. God created it, and it belongs to Him. It's not an object simply for our discovery. Neither should it be something we manipulate or control. In the same way, our knowledge and our gifts are from God. Thus, true peace and true security do not begin with our efforts, but it's with our openness to claim who God is and to receive those gifts He shares upon us. Isn't it interesting? That the more we seek to secure our own future, it's almost like the less secure our future becomes. The more we seek on our own effort to secure our future, the less secure our future becomes. Psalm 29 is a call for us to yield our control to the sovereignty of God, that in glorifying God, we will enjoy Him forever. This is God-centered praise. This is worship wherever we are. Psalm 29 is a beautiful testimony of the magnificence and completeness of God as heard through His voice. The Lord truly reigns. Do you know we say it every Sunday? Do you realize you say it every Sunday at the end of the Lord's Prayer concludes with thine is the kingdom and the power and the what? The glory forever. We say it most every Sunday, but do we believe it? We say it often, maybe even sometimes during the week, but do we practice it? We say it with our eyes closed or our eyes open? But do we live it the rest of the week? Do you find yourself hungering or yearning for the voice of God? 
You find yourself facing a storm that you sure wish God would speak into. When's the last time you just stopped and basked in the glory of God? When's the last time you offer God a word of praise? Let us be intentional. Let us take time to listen to God's voice. Practice centering prayer, electo divina, if you're interested, or whatever it takes to begin to focus you. Let us fix our eyes upon God, still our thoughts, write down our prayers, surrender to His voice, and find a favorite place to hang out with God. And let us do as verse 9 reminds us, to join the heavenly beings in offering a word to God, a word of praise, the word glory. That is where our enduring strength and peace will come from. Whether it's in a storm or or wherever we might find ourselves in. Glory to God on the highest and peace to humankind. The name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Lord, we thank you for your glory. We thank you for examples in creation and others in which we experience your holy presence. Help us to be intentional. Help us to be anticipating where you're revealing yourself to us. That we not only hear and receive it, but we offer that word of praise to you in return. In your name we pray. Amen.